together singing, He Lives.
on behalf of the uh, pulpit committee, just wanted to give you an update. Uh, we have been working, are still working, and uh, you may have gotten a uh, copy of a survey, and we would really appreciate uh, you taking time to fill this out. It would help us, but remember, though, that God is still in control, and that's the main thing, but this would just give us a little idea of the church and how they feel. So thank you very much. Thank you, Wayne. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Amen. Well, thank you all very much for being here today. I'm going to let you go ahead and be seated. And um, just read a word to you. Luke chapter 24 reads, On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came to the tomb bringing the spices they had prepared. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. They went in but did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. When they were, or while they were perplexed about this, suddenly two men stood by them in dazzling clothes. So the women were terrified and bowed to the ground. Why are you looking for the living among the dead, asked the men. He is not here, but he has risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee, saying, It is necessary that the Son of Man be betrayed into the hands of sinful men, be crucified and rise on the third day. And they remembered his words. Returning from the tomb, they reported all these things to the eleven, and to all the rest. Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the other women with them were telling the apostles these things. But these words seemed like nonsense to them, and they did not believe the women. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. When he stooped to look in, he saw only the linen cloths. So he went away amazed at what had happened. I ask you today, are we still amazed at what had happened? Amen. Pray with me, please. Our Father God, we thank you and we praise you this Easter Sunday morning for new life that is found in our resurrected Lord. I pray that God, not just one Sunday a year, but every day of our lives, we will take time to thank you for what you, what you have done for us. That God, that we do not serve a Savior who is still dead and buried, but God, that he is alive. That by your power you raised him on the third day. And that's what we're here to celebrate today. And we pray that we'll give you all the glory and the honor and the praise for everything you have done. And Father, we know that there are still those among us who are, who are sick, who, have, who are mourning the loss of loved ones. And Father, we also pray for our nation. But God, as we, as we studied in our lesson this morning, that you are still in control. You reign over everything. No matter what human minds can devise, even, even the most cruel death is that on the cross. God, you're still in charge of that, and as we saw with your son rising from the dead. We love you, and we thank you so much, and pray that you'll be glorified in this service. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, amen. We want to welcome you this morning to North Etowah here on this Easter Sunday resurrection morning. Uh, if you're here in the sanctuary with us, we, we thank you for being here. If you're a guest, there's a blue card there in the pew in front of you if you take a moment and fill that out and then we have a bucket that's in the the back here or to my left and your right if you just drop that off before you leave and also if you've if you've come prepared to give today uh, that is where we'll be taking our offering as well uh, we want to thank those who are joining us by radio and uh, by facebook um, we uh, Hope that you will join in and worship here with us, it's just the same as you were here. I do understand that one of our um, 
special friends, Anita, is watching by Facebook today. So uh, as her church, we want to say, uh, Anita, welcome and happy Easter to you. We're glad that you're uh, watching and listening with us today. In way of announcements, uh, do remember next Sunday evening at 6 o'clock, we do have our community Easter service. It'll be here at North Etowah, so remember that. And we do have Vacation Bible School coming up before we know it in a few months. And uh, for the other announcements, be sure and get a copy of the bulletin. And uh, if you don't get a copy, we do have it available on our website. So let's continue in worship this morning. Brother Ron, come lead us.
you serve the King of kings and Lord of lords. Let's stand together as we sing in Christ alone, and he is Lord. Jesus Christ is Lord. You know, as I look back over this audience this morning, I don't see a lot of happy faces. You know, in a Christian's life, there's two special days 
that we ought to just be joyous, happy, maybe even shout a little bit. Christmas, when God sent his only son to die for our sins. And on Easter, when God raised his son, that we might have eternal life, that we might, one of these days, and don't believe it'll be too much longer for me at my age, but I'll get to rise up with him and live with him. All I can do this morning is smile, say thank you, Lord. Let's pray. Father God, thank you. Thank you for the resurrection. Thank you that it might not have been this morning or this day and time, but this is what we celebrate. When your son was raised from the grave to give us that promise, to fulfill that promise, that one of these days, Lord, we'll be resurrected with him. I thank you for that. Lord, I thank you for each one that's gathered here this morning. I pray as Christians that we live for you, that we try to be a service to you to reach people that don't know you. The question in our Sunday school this morning, Lord, was who's in control of this world today? The people that don't know you think the government is. But Lord, we as Christians know you're still on your throne. You're still in control of everything that happens around us. And Lord, I just pray that your will will be done in everything. Pray, Lord, for Brother Dunsmore this morning. He brings the message. Let us always remember what Easter Sunday is all about. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
Well, good morning. It's wonderful to be in the house of the Lord today. Good to see each of you that have come to worship the Lord with us. And if you're a visitor, we're glad that you're here. and We welcome you. Make yourself right at home today. We do have with us today our daughter and son-in-law, Melissa and Keith Hitson. And they're seated back there by my wife, so you can tell who they are, okay? We have some other guests too, some from over in Athens. We appreciate you being here. If you'd take your Bible and be turning to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And while you're finding that, I need to make an apology. Last Sunday, we did the Lord's Supper, and I inadvertently dismissed the congregation before we had the closing hymn. So please forgive me. If you'll forgive me, say amen. amen. Okay, thank you. That wasn't my first mistake in life. Don't ever worry about that. I, I want us to uh, look at this passage of Scripture this morning in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, beginning in verse 19. Would you stand with us as we read the Word of God together? <clears throat> Paul says, if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. But now is Christ risen from the dead, and become the firstfruits of them that slept. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. But every man in his own order. Christ the firstfruits, afterward they that are Christ at His coming. Then cometh the end, when He shall have delivered up the kingdom to God, even the Father, when He shall have put down all rule and all authority and power, for He must reign till He hath put all enemies under His feet. The last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. Would you pray with me? Fathers, we stand in your presence today and in the presence of these precious people. We thank you, Father, for the privilege just to do so. Father, we pray today that our hearts may be lifted through the Word of God today as you minister to us, Lord, and help us to minister to you. Help us to worship you in spirit and in truth. Father, we pray today for those that are sick and afflicted, many out in their homes who cannot be with us today, but Lord, they may be tuned in via radio or through Facebook. Father, we pray your blessings upon them. We ask you today that you would be glorified. And Father, if there's one among us today who does not know you as their personal Savior, may this be that wonderful time that you will touch their heart, that you will draw them to Jesus today. In Jesus' name we pray. Paul, in writing to the church at Corinth, of course, he was writing to people that had been raised in a heathen culture. They did not know the Jewish laws, and they did not know very much about God. Much like it is today, we live, we're living in a heathen culture. But I want us to think about what this says about death. Death is an enemy, and it's the last enemy that will be destroyed. Death has been stalking man since the Garden of Eden. There's not a family anywhere in this world that has not been touched somehow, some way, sometime by death. The Bible tells us that we have an appointment with death. It's appointed unto men once to die, and after this, the judgment. Now, there's only been two exceptions to that rule that we find in the Bible. A man by the name of Enoch and another by the name of Elijah. Genesis 6.24 says, And Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. 
in 2 Kings chapter 2 and verse 11, it talks about Elijah. It says, It came to pass as they still went on and talked, that behold there appeared a, a chariot of fire and horses of fire, and parted them both asunder. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. Now Paul tells us there will be a third exception to this. That's when Jesus comes and takes His church out of here. We call it the rapture. We find that in verses 51 through 54 of this chapter we just read, if you want to look at it. But until the rapture takes place, we had better be prepared to die. But you know what? God doesn't want us to be in despair because we have to die. If our hope in Jesus doesn't go beyond this life, then surely we will despair. But the Scriptures tells us many things about Jesus conquering death. And as we look at the victories that Jesus has already won, I hope today that it will cause us to take heart. So I want you to think with me today about Jesus, the victor over death. We'll find some of the scripture in this that we read today, and we find others in other places in the Bible. So just bear with me as we go from here. The prophet Isaiah prophesied concerning this victory. In Isaiah chapter 25 and verse 8, the Bible says, He will swallow up death in victory, and the Lord God will wipe away tears from off all faces, and the rebuke of His people shall He take away from off all the earth, for the Lord has spoken it. 750 years or so before Jesus came on the scene, Isaiah prophesied, that Jesus would give us victory over death. How did Isaiah know that? He was in touch with God. He was one of God's prophets. And God had revealed that to him. So the prophets foretold this victory, but also Jesus demonstrated this victory. I want to remind you that three times Jesus entered into the realm of death and delivered people from death while he walked on the earth here when he was here. Matthew and Mark and Luke and John all tell us about this. In Matthew and Mark, they both tell us about a man by the name of Jairus who had a daughter who was sick. Jairus was a ruler of the synagogue, and he came to Jesus and asked Jesus to come to his house that his daughter was sick. And he wanted him to come and heal her. Jesus starts with him, but something happens to detain Jesus for a little while. There was a woman in the crowd there that day who was very sick also. She came and touched the hem of the garment of Jesus, and she was healed immediately. And Jesus stopped and wanted to know who had touched him. She admits that she had reached out and touched Jesus. And Jesus told her that her faith had made her whole. And he and Jairus thoughts on toward Jairus' house. Before they get there, they meet one of the servants of Jairus. And he came out and told him, says, Don't bother the master anymore. Your daughter is dead. And Jesus looked at Jairus and he said, Be not afraid, only believe. And they went on to that house, Jesus and two or three of his disciples, and there was a crowd already gathered out there mourning that girl. And Jesus put them all out, just left his disciples and the mother and father in the room, that little 12-year-old girl as her body lay lifeless there on the bed. Jesus walks over and takes her by the hand, and he says some words to her that, meant this. Daughter, I say unto thee, arise. You know what she did? She got up. She arose. And Jesus gave her to her parents. 
There's another passage of Scripture that I would call your attention to today that's found in the book of Luke. Luke records this, and Luke was a doctor. But Jesus was going through the little town of Nain one day, and he meets a funeral procession. They're carrying the body of a young man. He was the only son of a widow woman. And that little widow woman was following that casket that day, and she was weeping. And it touched the heart of Jesus when he saw her weep. He walks over to that casket, reaches out his hand, and lays it on him. And he said, young man, I say unto you, arise. You know what he did, don't you? He arose. He got up out of that casket. John tells us about an incident that happened with a dear friend of Jesus. His name was Lazarus. Lazarus and Mary and Martha, they were friends of Jesus. Jesus spent time in their home on many occasions. They send word to Jesus that Lazarus is sick and they want him to come. He tarried with his disciples for four days until he went. As he enters into the town there, word gets out that Jesus is on his way. Martha goes out to meet him. She said, Lord, if you'd have been here, my brother would not have died. He talks to her about being the resurrection and the life and about believing. She goes back in and tells Mary that Jesus is out there. Mary goes out and she says the same words, if you'd have been here, my brother would not have died. Jesus said, where have you laid him? They go out to the cemetery, out to a tomb. A group of the Jewish people had gathered in there to mourn and they all went out there. When they get to the tomb, Jesus said, roll the stone away from the tomb. Martha said, Lord, he's been dead four days. By this time, he's stinking. Jesus said, didn't I say unto you that if you would believe, you'd see the glory of God? And Jesus steps over to that tomb, and he cries with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And you know what happened? Lazarus got up. He came forth wrapped in the grave clothes, and Jesus said, Loose him and let him go. You see, Jesus has power over death. He has the victory over death. But not only did he prove it on these three occasions, but he proves it by ultimately submitting himself to death. For our sins. The Bible says in John chapter 10, verses 17 and 18, and it's Jesus speaking. Jesus said, I lay down my life that I may take it again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down, and I have power to lay it down, take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father. I remember back when the movie, The Passion of the Christ, came out. But there was much discussion, and it even made the evening news about who killed Jesus. Was it the Jews? Was it the Gentiles? Well, let me give you a word. Jesus said, I lay down my life that I may take it again. No man, no woman, no boy, no girl takes it from me. You say, well, they hung him on the cross. Yes, they did. But I want to tell you something. Jesus went there willingly. He never once fought going to that cross. Jesus had the power to just speak, and that cross could have been obliterated. But he willingly went there. He willingly submitted himself and went there to die on the cross. And let me read you verse Three of what Paul has to say here. Pages of my Bible sticking together. 
Paul says, For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received. How that Christ died, what for? For our sins, according to the Scriptures. It wasn't Jesus' sins. Jesus had no sin. Jesus knew no sin. But it was my sins and your sins that held him to the cross. He died in our place on that cross. But his own resurrection from the dead. Yes, he had raised Jairus' daughter from the dead. She'd only been dead a few minutes. He raised the widow's son. He'd probably been dead a day. He raised Lazarus who had been dead four days. But Jesus had laid in the tomb for three days. He was declared to be the Son of God by the resurrection from the dead. Romans 1, 4 says, And declared to be the Son of God with power, according to the spirit of holiness. How? By the resurrection from the dead. Do you know that your salvation and my salvation depends on the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead? The Bible says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. There's no salvation apart from the resurrection of Jesus. But I want you to understand something. That Jesus will have the ultimate victory over death. In Revelation 1.18, Jesus said, I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore, amen, and have the keys of hell and of death. You remember a few weeks ago, we preached about Jesus giving the keys of the kingdom to the church. But I want you to understand something. Jesus retained the keys of hell and of death. Jesus is the authority. He has the authority to lock and unlock. He has the authority to set people free or to bind them. He holds the keys of hell and of death. But there's a time coming when Jesus will call all people from death's domain. Hear what Jesus says in John chapter 5, verses 28 and 29. He says, marvel not at this. For the hour is coming in which all that are in the graves shall hear his voice and shall come forth. They that have done good unto the resurrection of life and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. Hear what the scriptures say. Hear what Jesus says. There's coming a day, an hour as he calls it, in which all that are in the graves. How many is all? Well, some of you are awake. <laughs> all means all, everyone. There's an hour coming, which all that are in the graves shall hear his voice. He cried with a loud voice and Lazarus got up. You know why he called Lazarus by name? If he hadn't, everybody that was dead would have got up. But he singled out him, Lazarus. But he's coming one day. They shall come forth. Now he talks about two resurrections here. They that have done good under the resurrection of life. Somebody say, whew. That must mean me. I'm a pretty good fellow. Let me tell you what the Bible says. There's none good. 
No, not one. That kind of deflates our balloon, doesn't it? There's none good. No, not one. What's the best thing that any person can ever do? Trust Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. That's the best thing that I've ever done in my life. The best thing that I will ever do is to surrender my life to Jesus Christ and allow Him to be Lord and Savior in my life. They that have done evil under the resurrection of damnation. Now there's going to be somebody say, well, you know, I'm not too evil. I've done a little evil down through my life, but haven't done much evil. Do you know what the most evil thing you can ever do? Reject Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. God sent His only begotten Son into this world to save the world from sin. Jesus died on the cross to pay for my sin and your sin. And if we reject that, we've rejected the only way there is to heaven. Jesus said, I am the way. Jesus talks about some other things. The Bible talks about here in verse 26. It says, The last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. That word destroy is is a, an unusual word, really. We think about destroying things, you know, you can pick up one of these aluminum Coke cans and squash it, and we say we destroyed it. No, you didn't destroy it, you rearranged it. It's still there. You wrecked your car, and you say, I destroyed my car. No, you rearranged some things on it. But the word destroy means to annihilate, that it will never exist again. The last enemy that shall be destroyed, annihilated, is what? Death. That's the last enemy. Thanks be unto God that Jesus is going to annihilate death. It'll be a complete victory. Let me just read to you here once again in 1 Corinthians 15, verses 54 through 57. Paul says, So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But listen, here's the victory. Thanks be to God, which gives us, you and me, which gives us the victory, how? Through our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah! What a Savior we have. Never again will death haunt man. Revelation 21, 4 says, And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. What a wonderful thing. No death. No sorrow, no crying, no more pain. The former things are passed away. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. And he asked you a question, believest thou this? Do you believe that? 
Do you believe that Jesus is the resurrection and the life? Do you believe that even though you die, you shall live? I have a funeral here just in a couple of hours of a 101-year-old lady. Precious lady. I have no doubt where she's going, where she's at. She loved Jesus with all of her heart. One of the best soul winners I've ever known in my life. A few months ago, she was in the nursing home over in Athens. The lady over in the next bed, she led her to the Lord that afternoon. She believed that Jesus is the resurrection and the life. Do you believe it? Is he your Lord and your Savior? Have you confessed him with your mouth? Have you believed in your heart that God raised him from the dead? Have you asked Jesus to come into your life and be your Lord and Savior? If not, this would be a wonderful time to do that. And this invitation hymn that we're going to give you here just in a minute, it's a time for you to respond to God's message. It's a time to trust Jesus as your Lord and Savior. It's a time to recommit your life to the Lord. It's a time to come and pray for someone else if you want to. If you want to join this church, it's the time to do that. But I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet, bow your head in a moment of prayer. As Brother Ron comes with the hymn of invitation. Father, we thank you. We bless you, O Lord. We give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor and adoration that you and you alone are God. Father, I pray today that as your word has gone out, may it find a resting place in the hearts of some soul here today. May you be glorified. May you be magnified through someone trusting you. In Jesus' name we pray.